0: Welcome to HBRV Lifestyle, the podcast. I'm the host, the Honey Badger here. And I'm going to give it to you straight in the RV business as I do every time I'm on here, every time I'm on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, doesn't matter, as The Rock would say. Anyway, I got asked by a fan at the Portland RV show, came and tapped me on the shoulder and goes, hey man, you haven't done a podcast episode in a while, everything okay? like yeah everything's okay i've just been too darn busy to do what i need to do to be able to do this it was a little easier when you're traveling so when i was traveling in january february it was real easy because i'd be in my hotel room by four or five o'clock six o'clock after visiting dealers and and then, you know, I could spend three, four hours, you know, doing emails for work and phone calls and catching up on things. And then I had another hour or two to horse around doing the podcast or the YouTube channel. Yeah, it's not how it's been since March 1st. <laughs> it's been nuts. I've been at RV show after RV show after RV show and just, I've been running ragged. But I finally had some time. I'm flying to Phoenix, Arizona here shortly. I'm actually, if you're watching this on YouTube or TikTok, I'm actually in a hotel room in Eugene, Oregon, uh, getting ready for a flight to go see some dealers out in Phoenix and Tucson. And one of the things I really wanted to just cover with you is just some of the experiences and and and. The fears that are creeping down people's spines a little bit. And no, I don't mean that in a negative way, but there's a lot of fear. And the fear is over these two banks crashing. And it isn't because the banks crashed, it's because they're scared if they pull the trigger on an RV purchase that they're gonna pay more in an interest rate than if they wait till the Fed lowers the rate. So I heard that the other day. We were at the Portland RV show. Lady comes up to me, great, great conversation. She's a fan of the YouTube channel. The regular YouTube channel, not the podcast. She didn't even know I had a podcast. And we had a great conversation. She's a financial engineer type of mind, and she says, well, the the banks, these two banks are, and, and Signature hadn't gone out yet, SVP did. And she said, well, you know, the Fed's gonna lower interest rates at the end of the month, so I really don't want to purchase until I find out how much they're gonna lower it. So it was a very interesting conversation because the salesperson didn't really know how to handle that situation and the problem is with me is i just have too much knowledge it would be hard for me to go back to a dealership lot and sell because my head is just full of stuff i've learned over the last 13 and a half years and and i finally i got the lady aside because he was all worried goes and talks to the owner she's sticking around and i sat by the clipper travel trailer and just chatting with her and i said you do realize that the fed chair knew that people were going to go out of business and she looked at me strange and i said look you have to realize that they're raising interest rates Not to put banks out of business. They're putting higher interest rates to fight inflation. They're not going to stop now. They may halt it. They may lower it a quarter percent to try to balance everything out a little bit maybe. But I said they're going to get to their benchmark. They want to get to 6% when they get to a 6% benchmark, they'll probably stop and it'll stay that way for probably a year or two. And she looked at me and I go, did you, do you remember the great recession? She goes, yeah. I said, do you remember that interest rates were such a fluid thing back then? Because you had so much going on from bank rescues and people losing their homes and banks trying to rec- recuperate as much money as they could from buyouts and bailouts and she goes yeah and I said do you know what we were quoting as an interest rate back in 2010 she goes what? I said 16.95 I've never seen someone so stunned and I go Out of curiosity, when did you buy your first home? She goes, 1978. In 1978, was your first mortgage rate you had on your home? And she had this big smile, and she says, higher than 16%. And I go, so you're used to paying a high interest rate. You just don't remember it. Because we've been spoiled, folks. Let's just be real. The RV business, the boat business, the mortgage business, the car business has been extremely, extremely spoiled for the last 10 years, okay? I remember at, I was working at Giant RV as a salesperson, and I remember, God, right at the end of 2012, uh, we got the green light to start offering 6%. And it was just kind of a, a a change that occurred. We were seeing lower rates through 2012, but we were still quoting double digits. We were still quoting 12, 13%. But we saw this steady ding decline where the finance manager started feeling more comfortable with us throwing out a little bit lower rate. And in 2013, it just was a the bottom fell out. It was like there was negative interest rates. They're trying to restim- they were trying to like jumpstart the economy. And it caught up to the RV and boat business where, oh my God, like two and a quarter, two point three five. We had this special um at one of the dealerships I worked at where we were offering one percent financing on motorhomes. Imagine that 1% on a $250,000, $300,000 motorhome. How many cash buyers do you really think you had on that? Not many. (laughs) You know, we had 1.99. We had 1.75. We had two and a quarter. It was a joke. You had to put a lot of money down. Don't get me wrong. You had to put a big down payment to get those low interest rates. But even if you didn't, you were still in the threes, the fours. And we've been there ever since. I mean, 2018, it kind of peaked out to like six and a half. But I just remember the dog days of this business. And if you're a dealer or finance manager or sales manager that was from that era or prior to that era, you can attest that Up until about 10 years ago. And then we had this run. And what, you know, I don't think anybody realizes this, but if we didn't have the COVID lockdowns and we didn't have the pandemic that we had, interest rates would be about where they are today seven, eight, nine percent. It was inevitable. It already started in 2018. 2018, rates were about double what they were in 2012. 2000, or I'm sorry, not 2012, 2013. So that five-year gap between 13 and 18, the rates doubled. Now, most people didn't feel it because payments didn't change too much because dealerships balanced their profit margin to accommodate the raise in interest rate and and the and and the market slowed down, I mean it didn't crash, but it slowed down compared to 2017 because rates went up a point and a half. Our economy was good. See when rates are higher and this is something that nobody really is talking about. So I'm going to get a little bit into this. But one of the things nobody's talking about right now, anywhere in media, is interest rates are keep on climbing up. They keep creeping up. But yet the unemployment stays low. Available jobs go up. Interest rates being higher can actually be a good thing for our economy. They always talk about this possible soft landing. Well, soft landing is going to come with consequences that we already are seeing. You're seeing the consequences of SVP and signature going out of business. You're seeing um, folks that are scared about Credit Suisse. These are all companies that made not questionable investments but didn't have the foresight to see that something had to change you know what i mean the bond market is always a good market if you can obviously keep afloat the mat- till the maturation right but some guys just extend themselves a little too far and it just, you get swallowed up. And SVP and Signature got swallowed up by bad timing on buying some of these mortgage bonds. They want, Mortgage bonds are not a bad investment. okay? But it's a bad investment if you don't have the foresight to see that something had to change. You could have sold that inventory of product at a much smaller loss a year ago and you'd still be in business. Pay attention to that. So it's not the Fed's fault that these two banks went out of business. It's bad management. And it was going to happen. Guys, there's RV dealerships, car dealerships, boat dealerships. There's companies that were set to go out of business before COVID that will go out of business this year. When you deal in bad business practices and you don't have the balance of risk versus reward, you're going to go out of business. So the soft landing was always going to have consequences. Companies are going to go out of business, but yet our unemployment stays relatively low. Job creation, new companies come out. Having a little bit higher interest rates is good for our economy. It means people feel better about putting their money in the bank. Whether you agree with that or not is a whole different ballgame. But people are more apt to go put money in a CD or savings account at a bank or credit union when interest rates are higher because they're getting a better rate of return. When when banks are only offering interest rates below 1% on a savings account versus 5% now, it makes you go, man, I could put start saving money again. So it's healthy for us to have higher interest rates. It also helps balance inflation. Now, it's not the end-all, be-all. There's still a lot of work to do. Even if they get the benchmark up to 6%, you have no shot of getting inflation at 2%. Got to get fuel prices under control. Fuel prices, energy prices have to come down. I don't know how you do it. You hear, oh, we need to drill more oil, oh, we need more renewables, blah, blah, blah. I always say blah, blah, blah because I'm not an expert in that stuff. But logically, we have to get the supply of energy to the United States. Higher to lower cost to lower prices. Forget company profits, guys. Pro- I don't think anybody understands. Like dealership profits are like nothing right now. When I go look at, so I I was at the Portland RV show with Curtis Trailers, and I know all the managers and the owner, and it's like. I look at the pricing that they had on a lot of the inventory they had there. I'm like, wow. Because I know what that stuff costs. After they build it, after they ship it, after they get it ready for you to go camping. I know what it costs. I'm like, man, how are you going to stay in business? I mean... You almost could have told people at that show, come here, you're going to pay the same price as I paid at the factory or less. So they had this, this Montana fifth wheel for 92 grand. I know for a fact, 100% the way it's equipped, the way it's packaged, that's below what they paid for it. And it's not like it's $500 or $250 below what they own it for. (laughs) It's a lot lower than that. A lot higher loss. But to explain that, you're going to have to really pay attention to this. To explain that, why somebody would do that, it's because of the word curtailment. Curtailment is basically you writing down as a dealer, you're, you have a loan on an RV. You have a loan on a fifth wheel. That loan has a one year timetable or 200 day timetable or 180 timetable where the bank requires you to pay down the principal of the loan of that piece of inventory. So it will be like this. It'd be like, if you own a, you own a car and after a year, you're told you have to make the minimum payment plus $1,000 towards the principal is mandatory. Of course, they can't do that on a loan like yours, but that's what they make the dealer do on their inventory. So when you're sitting there and you got a fifth wheel or a motor home and you're taking a 15, $20,000 loss You can't look at it as, oh, how can they be losing money? No, they are losing money. But they're gaining what we call cash flow. Okay. So here's an example. I got a friend of mine that owns a dealership. He's got a big, huge motor home on his lot. He paid a ridiculous, he paid a big amount of money. And right now he owes $130,000, he's written down $90,000 of the loan. Okay, so if he sells it for a $40,000 loss, let's say he sells it for 190 grand, and he takes a 40 grand loss, he's actually recuperating $60,000 in cash flow because he's gonna pay off the loan and he owes $130,000 and he's gonna get the $60,000 in equity he has on the lo- out of the loan. And he'll write off the $40,000 loss on his taxes. But the goal is to have cash flow. So that's what these these dealerships are doing when they're fire sailing all this inventory. You You have kind of a choice this is where people don't understand business why they only say i only make so much money no 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 no. nobody takes into consideration all the expenses that go through how much a dealership or company has to write checks to vendors for i've had i've worked and run dealerships that have been hugely profitable And close their doors because they have no cash coming in. That probably blows your mind. Like how the heck is that possible? Well the reason why is because. All the money they were making in profit. Was just going to bills. Going to loan payments. Going to insurance. There was no money being put in the pocket. And I've seen dealerships that this year will show a loss. I can tell you of 14 locations that will show a absolute net loss this year in 2023. But they won't close their doors. That's because of this fire sale. So this fire sale that you're seeing, where you're seeing 30, 35, 40% off MSRP is actually coming from the fact that the owner has decided, I'm done. I don't want to keep writing a check to the bank for interest. I don't want to write a bank check to the bank for a, to pay down the loan. Sell it. I don't care what you get for it. So I've seen travel trailers out there that I know darn well a dealership is paid 25, 26 grand and they're selling it for 19.9. That's a five, $6,000 loss. It's about 40, 40% off MSRP in some cases. Uh, every, everybody doesn't realize that that little Camping World 17B Coleman when you take into consideration how much it costs to freight it, how much it costs to PDI it at the 15995 they're not making any money it's literally a leader to get you to go to Camping World my company built something like that I have some of my units out there that are advertised for sixteen nine, sixteen five, depending on the region, depending on how much it costs to ship it. So we all we, we pretty much all build one. And it, it's meant to get you attracted into the dealership. But reality is this is the reality. The reality is if you went and bought an RV right now, you're gonna buy it better than the dealer did. That's a fact. And just hearing about interest rates are really high and we don't know where the economy's going and dude, you're never gonna buy the complaints that just randomly come in i mean i i I get daily emails complaining about uh dealership prices are too high this was two years ago two years ago i ran facebook ads and in you know facebook reels and instagram reels that's what i was big into back then oh god your prices are outrageous prices are outrageous okay now prices are really good oh interest rates are too high that's how it goes When rates are low, prices are high. When prices are low, interest rates are high. It's just normal. It's yin and yang. They can't be the same. Here's my advice. My advice to anybody that's just worried about interest rates Go to my YouTube channel, my regular one, HBRV Lifestyle, and go listen to every single finance video I've recorded. i got a playlist of them. Just go to my playlist. You'll see RV loans and financing. And just listen to every video I've made over the last two years. And I think it'll help you understand that it's never going to be perfect period and report it's never going to be absolutely perfect you're never gonna have the perfect price the perfect rate the perfect down the perfect trade value you're never gonna get it all so you just have to decide which is the most important thing to you now for a lot of you it's going to be the interest rate so here here it is when the interest rate goes down in two three years don't complain that prices go up it's just a fact right now you are going to get close to what the dealer paid for or below what the dealer paid for because interest rates are high. The good news is you can always refinance. That's the beauty of our banking system. It's the beauty of our laws here in the United States. They cannot tell you you cannot go refinance the unit in two years. They can't do it to you. And here's the other thing that a lot of people, and, and, and it's only because we can't think ahead that long. We get too caught up in numbers. Let's run the numbers. Okay. The average RV loan only goes five years. Now, l- l- let me clarify that. So yes, there's 50 10-year, 15-year, 20-year terms. But the average consumer only pays on an RV for five years. And there's a look of shock on your face right now because what people don't realize is after five years, something usually changes. Everything everything changes in our lives. I'll give you an example. Five years ago, you had never caught my wife dead living in a fifth wheel. I've taken my wife to RV shows left and right, and she's known about the business, and she's walked through them. She's been to the Pomona, California show. She, I mean, she's seen everything humanly made, and, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Five years later, we're living in a, in a fifth wheel, Uh I would never thought that five years ago, my wife would have never lived out in the middle of the woods where the average... Ten- Here we are living in a fifth wheel full-time in a place that averages 15 degrees during the winter. So every five years, something changes. Kids grow. Kids move out. Maybe... Camping isn't your thing anymore. Maybe you've done everything you want to accomplish with the RV. So the, the, the majority of things that happen, so 71%, this is a fact, this is absolute science, 71% of people that take a loan in an RV will get out of that loan within five years. 71%, that's seven out of 10 of you. If you want to break down of the rest, it breaks down into cash, it breaks down into refinance, and then a very small percentage, which is less than six percent. It's like five point eight percent. Pay the loan for the full term, and the reason why is because okay, so you bought a seventeen foot bunkhouse. Let's use the let's use my Clipper. You bought the Clipper fifteen CBH. Okay, Great little travel trailer we built. Little 18-footer total length. Little bunkhouse. You have a Honda Pilot that you're going to tow it with. Boom. Well, in four years, you find a beautiful used Dodge Ram 1500 diesel truck. The kids are no longer six years old. They're now closer to 10, 11. They've gone through a growth spurt your natural progression is well, oh, I got a bigger truck and my kids are bigger, I need to go bigger. So your natural projection is to trade in. 84, 84% of RV buyers will trade in within six years. So think about that for a moment, okay? This is something that a lot of people don't understand about interest rates and they don't understand about loans and they don't understand about how the natural progression of things occur. Okay. I finally found, and here's the interesting part. I'm going to pay off my car in two years. Car loans are really short because people trade in a car within 100,000 miles or five years. If you made an RV, and if you made an RV loan, five years or six years, it would be unaffordable. And this is the other reason why, like, if you actually look at the NATA book, which is the value guide, you have, by the way, that's a confusing thing we'll go over in a minute, but If you look at the wholesale value guide, meaning the one the banks use, not the one you get to see free online, the one you have to pay for at a dealership, the RV depreciates quarterly, so every three months. Sometimes it depreciates a hundred dollars. Sometimes it depreciates a thousand dollars. I've seen it depreciate five grand, depending on how bad the unit is or how bad the value of the unit is. But it depreciates quarterly. You go down and you buy a car within two weeks. It's got a new book value. Because Kelly Blue Book is usually every ten to twelve days. So. To make this an affordable option, not only for you, the consumer, but make it profitable for the bank, they make the terms longer. Because I know you're also going to use it three or four times a year. You're not not going out and doing what I did and live in my fifth wheel. Well, some of you will, but for the most part, a lot of you are going to go camping four times a year, mostly in the summer. Because a lot of us live in snow territory where you're not going to be going to a lake to go camping in negative 20 degrees with six feet of snow. Those of you that do, I salute you. (laughs) I salute you big time. Those are just the things you just have to think about, right? So that's some statistics for you help you make a better quality decision because I I think what's occurring right now is we're just in a state of shock, you know, homes didn't stop selling, home prices came down. I don't know if anybody notices that, but home prices have come down. Later on, rents are going to come down. Later on, groceries are going to come down. But always the first thing to come down is RV dealership profits every single time. The pain is felt in the toys before it's felt before relief comes at the grocery store. And, and, and there's just going to be all kinds of complications. I mean, dealers are not ordering 2023 inventory because they still got a bunch of 22s. You guys aren't out buying them because you're so scared of interest rates. Because again, we're not taught. So if you're Generation Z or you're a millennial, you have never been well-educated in how... This actually works, and it's not your fault. It's the fault of our education systems, and it's the fault of our parents, and it's the fault of social media, and it's the fault of, of gurus on YouTube that give you bad advice. It's the consequences of our no fact-checking and no fulfilling education about how this actually works. Because how this actually works is very boring. And it's, I mean, I'm not going to get a ton of listens on this. I'm not going to get a ton of views. I'm not going to get 5 million views in a day on YouTube on this. I'll get 25,000, 30,000 over the next four months, five months. Because the algorithm doesn't like this unexciting stuff. Some of you that are listening on on, you know, Your wherever you get your podcast from, Samsung, you know, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast from, there's only gonna be probably four or five thousand people listen to this, but those of you that listen to this should spread the word. Spread the word. Uh, and, and, and help people listen to my education about this. The hardest problem I always have is that too many guys have podcasts that are dealerships. And people don't trust owners of dealerships. They don't trust owners of businesses because you have too many corporations that are making huge gross profits but they never share with you what they write checks to for everything. So I I hear this all the time. Oil companies are making ridiculous profits. Okay. Did you go to the meeting yet? Did you? Because when you're a shareholder of like Shell or Walmart or Chevron or Target or Amazon, you get a corporate earnings statement. There's a, a, a um, corporate, is an investor liaison part of everybody's website that's publicly traded on the stock market. And during the earnings call, you can request an earnings breakdown. Now, I do this every single time I would invest in the stock market the reason why I'm sharing this with you is this correlates to a lot of stuff, okay? Corporate profits, when they start telling you, oh, they made $30 billion last year, okay? So the $30 billion is what they made over what their production cost was. But there's a separate sheet that people don't realize. There's a separate sheet on an earnings statement that tells you how much cash they actually kept. Okay. And that's the difference. So if like you, let's just use one of my favorite companies that I invested in, Huntington National Bank. I, I have their stock for about two years. I recently sold it last year just because I, I needed it out of the stock market because I was going to change our lifestyle. I was going to a, this career, which is wholesale, uh, selling trailers to dealers and training and stuff. And when I went to work for Coachman, I'm like, you know what? I need to get out of the stock market and I need to get some things set up where I can have eight month cushion of, because I knew this was going to be a bad economy, I'm like I gotta get my myself an eight nine month cushion. It's the only time I'm gonna get in this job is when the market's bad. But when I looked at my when I look used to look at Huntington National Bank's earnings statement, I remember in 2022 2021, mm-hmm. the earnings call was a record profit. It was a record of like 12.6 billion dollars for the year it was just an enormous amount of money for a small little bank i mean they're not small as far as lending but they're like you don't see a branch everywhere across the world you know but they're a centralized great bank for loans like houses mortgages blah 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 12.6 billion dollars but when you read down this is what you don't get explained when you read down the call sheet which tells you how much cash they pocketed After they wrote a check to everybody that they had to write a check to, it was less than $5 million. It's because if if you're a publicly traded company, let's use Camping World as an example. Camping World recorded record profits during the pandemic. But I bet you if you look down their call sheet, how much money, how much cash did they really pocket? Most publicly traded corporations pocket about 4%, 4% of their earnings call. Because you have to write checks to investors, you have to write checks for loans, you have to write checks for depreciation, you have to write... Corporate taxes to the federal government and state government. The only time the profit that you're that they announce to you is what I call gross profit. This is before taxes are taken out. This is before you pay your your investors. This is before you pay down any depreciation this is before you write a check to your state and local govern your state, your county and your city governments. this is before you write your property taxes. this is before you make your mortgage payment if you own the property. this is before you write the check for the loans for all the R&D you did for all your new technology. This is what people don't understand because if you've never been the CEO of a Fortune 500 company or a Fortune 100 company, you've never been an executive of those companies, you, you don't quite un, you're never taught what it's about. We don't get taught that in school anymore. <clears throat> we don't. There are times where companies actually run on negative cash flow. That's why dealerships are fire sailing all these 2022s and don't care about profits because who cares at this point? Let's just get our cash flow right. I can tell everybody in the world I did $50 million in gross profit. I made $50 million in profit last year. Okay, great. Fifty million dollars in profit—that's amazing. How much actual cash did you pocket out of that? Oh, none. We actually lost money, or lost cash flow. It's just like some of these people are billionaires, right? Let's 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 use Elon Musk. Oh, Elon Musk is the richest guy in the world. He has whatever it is 300 billion dollars or he's worth 300 billion or he's worth 30 billion or whatever he's worth okay how much does elon actually have in the bank <laughs> michael jordan is a, one of the richest billionaires in the cut in the world really how much does michael jordan have in the bank how much cash do they really have? It's funny, they, they called Grant Cardone the other day a billionaire. I go wonder how much money Grant Cardone has actually in the bank. wonder how much money Mark Cuban actually has in the bank. Think about that. When they tell you how much somebody's worth, they're including assets and stock options and investments that they made into a company and what the company may be worth and I mean all kinds of stuff I always just go okay how much money do you have in your bank account do you have 30 billion dollars in your bank account well no I have like 100 I have like 5 million or 6 million <laughs> okay so you're worth whatever you got in your account you know That's what's so interesting about our society and how our world works and how we all get upset over companies making money. So right now, you get to stick it to the man. Let's be real. Right now in the RV business, you get to stick it to the dealer. Simply amazing, simply unfathomable that they're just like, there's a fire going on and the dealer's selling you fire insurance for free here folks i paid twenty five thousand dollars from the manufacturer for this beautiful trailer and i'm gonna sell it to you for nineteen nine ninety five i'm gonna take a five thousand dollar loss to sell you a bunkhouse travel trailer that doesn't have a slide And all I ask in return is don't negotiate the price because I'm already losing a bunch of money. Yeah. I mean, this is just, we'll get there. Everybody will get there. I've i i I've told dealers, if you're a dealership listening to this, we'll get there. People will realize after to, after March 22nd's over, everybody will go, oh, the Fed didn't lower the rate, and everybody will get used to it. By, by, by the time school gets out, by the time school is getting closer to getting out, by the time people start getting their tax returns, business will pick up. I'm just trying to help you, the consumer. If you're a consumer, you're listening. I'm just trying to help you navigate this. That's what this podcast is for, really, is I worked at dealerships, and I'm telling you the stuff that dealerships are afraid to tell you. Because the worst thing on salespeople's minds is they don't want to offend anybody. The fear of offending is greater than the fear of loss. And I just never had the fear to tell people how it is. Because I know a lot of you would rather be told, look, this is where it's going and how it's going to be. Have I been wrong? Very, very little. When I've been wrong, I've admitted it. I really thought the fire sale would stop in November of 2022. And yet we're still in the middle of the fire sale because... The economy went to hell for RVs. Everybody went and spent money on Christmas gifts and racked up credit card debt rather than buying toys like an RV or a motorcycle or a Can-Am X3 or a boat. And I can't blame you. I'm not going to judge you either because... Shoot, it's probably the first Christmas that most people could get with their families and not have a fear of COVID nineteen was going to breathe down their neck, and people weren't going to call them names and and chastise them for wanting to be with their family. So I can't blame you for going hog wild and spending twenty billion dollars on Black Friday through Cyber Monday. I can't blame you for that. Can't blame me for a lot of stuff, but if you're going to buy an RV and all that's holding you back is the interest rate, don't let it hold you back. You're buying the unit for about what the dealer did or less than the dealer did. That dealer, when you look at selling prices, not everything, but the majority, and I know guys, I know there's dealers out there that haven't caught on. Trust me. If by the way, if you're a dealer and you aren't selling anything, Call me. Phone number is in the profile. Or message me on Facebook. Or privately email me with a ghost email. And I will tell you that the truth hurts. COVID-19 over. And if you haven't caught on, You're in a world of hurt. There are dealers out there that I wish I could call and just tell them, look man, you're, you're, you got one foot out the door. You haven't caught on yet. This, this is not, that people are just not gonna pay MSRP. They're not gonna pay two grand off sticker, or three grand off sticker, for a travel trailer anymore. There's too much inventory, too many options, and too many dealers that have figured it out. Actually, the super majority of dealers have figured it out. So if you're behind the times, you're wondering why you're not selling anything, call me. First consultation is free. You guys have a wonderful night. Enjoy your week. I'll be on more consistently (laughs) now that I have a little more time. Hey, Canada, if you're listening, I'll be in British Columbia and Alberta soon. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Actually, happy belated St. Patrick's Day and happy spring.